So have you tried any different backgrounds on me? No. It's, um, <laughs> Hello, ladies. This is Squiggy. <laughs> Laverne <laughs> um, and Shirley, you might remember me from such movies as 1941. That's about the only thing. As I'm, as I'm doing my squiggy haircut, this is the Power Cosmic uh, at Home Edition, kids. You could play it at home with your family. It's like the Beat the Clock Family Home Edition. And joining me as always, bored out of his mind, Jerry Ordway. We could all see him <laughs> resting his hand there, going, "Yeah." <laughs> I got nothing but else going on. I didn't shave this week. That was uh, the only excitement for me. Is I just said, you know, I'm I'm done. I'm not going to do it. Well, I'll I've probably been, get tired of it and I'll shave. But. I've been shaving my legs religiously. <laughs> We're all good. Well, it's short season, so you know. <laughs> it is. It is. It got warmer out. It hailed. It snowed, and then it got seventy degrees. So welcome to Connecticut. <laughs> so we're still here, day sixty something of the never-ending uh, isolation. What do they call this stuff? What is, what is quarantine? Social, right, social distancing. Social distancing. So we're doing that. I've been doing it all my life. Just ask people who hate me. They'll tell me they don't <laughs> want to be in the same room with me. But tonight, we're talking about Comic Cons because I haven't been to one in, I don't think I went to one since February, so I'm getting withdrawal symptoms. By now. You did February? I went oh, to you went to that one in New Con. Yeah. Jersey, yeah. No, did I go to one in New Jersey? No, I went to the one up in Plainfield. Oh, oh, I thought you went to, I thought, did they not do the New Jersey one this year? And uh, No, I there was, East Coast Comic Con got canceled. Uh, the other one that just got canceled too, Garden State. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. I used to go to. I know, I know there was like some cons, right? The Chicago one, the. C2 oh, C2E2. E2. Yeah, that was just. Happened. That. Yeah, that happened. Right before all hell broke loose so that was really kind of like the last big show last big show year. yeah last, uh, so far the last roundup yeah but i don't know and i've been cleaning my comic books and organize them so i find a lot of stuff i got at conventions but that's the subject tonight we're going to talk about this what was the very first convention you went to as a fan and then we'll see which one you went as a, uh, as a pro. So do you remember well, going to one? I, yeah, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So there was a show in Chicago mm -hmm. that um, I remember going to. It's the one that became the big Chicago con that Wizard bought out in the late 90s. Down by the airport? Yeah, it used to be downtown. Yeah. It was at the Pick Congress Hotel in downtown uh, Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I went there for... I guess it's maybe 77, 78, 79. And then 1980, they had the uh, talent search, DC talent, talent search. And Joe Orlando was there. I was going to say, who was there like guest-wise? Did they have any actor celebrities or that wasn't a thing then? No, you know what they had um, the year, I think it was 1980, the, the two guests, which was kind of funny because one of them I wound up working with, but the two guests of honor, one was Boris Vallejo, who was oh, a yeah. fantasy guy. The other one was Roy Thomas. Mm -hmm. Roy was a special guest in like 1980 at the Chicago Con, and uh, um, that was, was I don't remember Marvel then. Uh, no, you know what the deal was? He had just apparently it would have been summer of 1980. He had just had some kind of negotiations, and that was it. Why he was there, I think, because DC was announcing mm -hmm. that he was going to be working at, at DC. So long-time Marvel guy, but he had yeah. problems with, uh, um, at the time, Jim Shooter. Yeah, uh, Shooter kind of wanted to do away with the writer-editor thing. So, mm -hmm. And that was written into Marv's contract. Marv had come over 
when Ween had come over to DC by that point, Doug Mensch, I think, had maybe those guys were all either Doug and maybe Roy and Jerry Conway. Conway might have been there by then. So yeah, it was he just was already doing Firestorm for DC. It right? was an exodus of of talent from Marvel. So um but anyway, so I go to the show mm -hmm. and I I had tried to get into comics in 77, but I, I made a trip to New York and I got turned down because it was right before, I think it was 77 or 78, whatever the DC implosion was. It was the week before the DC implosion. Yeah. So uh, we came back from that show and went to the Chicago Comic-Con like July 4th weekend was when it was always. Now, how and big was, how big a show was this? Was this like 10,000, 500 people? I don't know how many people. It was a big ballroom, but it wasn't, you know, like monstrous. And this, okay. you know, it, it was, uh, it was still crowded. Like a hotel ballroom though. Yeah. And, yeah. and the hotel had like the, the pick Congress had these little glass cubicles. There were little office rooms and they put like two artists in each one. And they had like a South facing window, like a wall of glass. So the sun would come in and bake the room. It was oh, so geez. hot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like if you imagine any building that's on the, that has a facing on the, the sunny side, mm. you know, like afternoon, mm -hmm. it was, those rooms were like, there's a, uh, there's a show in Long Island at the, uh, it used to be at the aviation museum or something like that. Right. And it's a, it's an air museum. So they have that whole nice front opening there with glass and they have like yeah. airplanes hanging from the thing. But the problem is the South facing sun, it comes straight in there. And when they yeah. have the show, I remember Billy Tucci and all the celebrities, it's like a magnifying glass. Yeah. It's the bad. sun comes through and it superheats if you're there and there's like, <laughs> The lady from uh, Star Trek Next Generation who played uh, Troy, uh, Marina Citrus, Citrus, she was like melting, like her makeup because she was sweating so much. And then Billy <laughs> was like, my God, it's so hot here. Jesus, open the window. So like uh, the late, great Jerry Stiller, if he was an artist from Long Island. But anyway, I think so it was add, hot. So, yeah. But to add to this is so that the year that 1980, when they had the talent thing, we all had, they also had a Doctor Who costume contest. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And there was this long hallway that led to this room that Joe Orlando was in. Well, we were all standing. It was, there had to be 30, 40 people trying to get their portfolios looked at. Yeah. And at the same time, there were probably like 30 guys in heavy scarves and hats. It was the, the 1970s Doctor Who. Baker. Yeah, yeah, Black yeah. Hole. You know, so that room smelled like really bad. It was it was so so stinky, sweaty. Mm. It was not only a hundred degrees or whatever. Yeah, add the wool coats. That, to it. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, at the end of the day, I was there all day, moving up one, moving up, moving up, and then you know, was Joe it a Orlando, day show or a three day show or no, it was a Saturday Sunday. It was a Friday okay. Saturday. It may have been a Saturday and Sunday show at the time. It may not have been a Friday. They might have had that, but uh, okay. Um, so you're finally there, you waited all day and what happened? So I wait all day and I had, I had coloring book samples cause Joe Orlando, I didn't have any comic samples except for these things I did for a DC superheroes coloring book. But I thought since there were DC characters, it would show I could draw them. Right. So it was stuff that Joe was so punchy and tired from a whole day of looking at portfolios. He kept looking at my stuff and, and he couldn't figure it out because there, one of them was a big piece of uh, drawing a wonder woman. And her stars weren't on her pants. They were like in this, they were hidden in the picture. So the kid, you know, the coloring activity book was supposed to find Wonder Woman's star. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's looking at it and he's not getting, he's going, where's her stars? I don't understand. And he was, he really like, 
he he seemed like somebody who was who was sleepwalking. He was so tired. about to get his liver taken he out. There, I mean, he really, literally, was there all day, and yeah. he must have punch drunk. Yeah. So, so I thought it's all going down in flames. And then Paul Levitz came by, and he goes, mm. "Joe, you've been doing this all day. We got to go to dinner." And he looks down at my samples, and he goes, "Oh, Jerry Erdway, we've been meeting to, we've been trying to get in touch with." You. And I was like totally blown away because. Why? How does he know that? You've been sending samples in? Joe, no, Joe Orlando and Paul Levitz were in the special projects, which oh. was licensing. Oh, so they I saw see. my pencils and my inks for the DC coloring book before, but I was working at an art studio, so I wasn't like an individual. It was sent from advertising art studio. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. My name might have been on the drawing in the corner or something, so they had no contact. Gotcha. So I went home from that with, you know, uh, Paul Levitt took my name and, and phone number. And then I got a call to do uh, a job like within, you know, DC must have got back to New York. They got right. back on Monday. I got a call from Paul, I think on Tuesday mm. at my job, which was like really awkward, my full time mm. job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, we got to, you know, would you like to ink a Carmine Infantino story? And I, yeah. sure. So, no, but I, I mean, but as but going back to going to the so you didn't really go to it as a fan you didn't go there to go buy comic books oh or no I did artwork yeah. you were there to try to get a job I mean did you ever go no, to no no we went to the we went to that Chicago show from I think the first year that they did it at the Pit Congress might have been seventy six okay One, the first so year was is, at the Playboy yeah, this is before you're looking for a job this is just yeah, going as so a fan the first one might have been the Playboy um uh, there was like a Playboy hotel or something in Chicago so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was. Yeah. But anyway, so the second year was at the Pitt Congress, and then it was there through like the mid 80s, I think, mm -hmm. through like 83 or 4. Right. So we went 77, 78, 79, 80. Now what did you do when you, what did you As, go, what did you go and buy? Did you buy sketches? Did you get autographs? No, no, I, what I would do is I would go and I would be the guy who was too nervous to talk to the professionals. So I would stand off to the side and I would just watch them draw. You oh know, really? I, okay. Yeah, I didn't have. I also didn't have money to pay for sketches. Well, how much I, were the sketches though? They weren't like hundreds of dollars. I want to say ten bucks. Really? And who yeah. who, who would you have seen there? Would you have seen like Gil Kane? Burn. Burn was uh, there? Gil, yeah, Gil Kane. Uh, Burn. Burn had. Uh, he he used Carlton to, he Comics, did, right? Chris Claremont. You know, Perez, Marv Wolfman. Also, oh, so wait, I'm just saying. So mid seventies, late seventies. So he probably's doing. Power Man and Iron Fist, maybe, or Marvel Team Up. Then? Who burn? Yeah, I mean, he didn't start doing X Men until like late seventies. No, uh, Burn started on X Men in one hundred eight. Seventy eight. Seventy seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he was already established there. Yeah, yeah, and he was. I think he started. Didn't he start? I think he started the Fantastic Four around seventy nine or eighty. He had one run with Marv Wolfman in like seventy nine. And then he took over as writer artist. Oh, no, like he did, but I'm just saying his first Marvel work. So, I mean, yeah. was he a big name then in the '70s? Yeah, yeah. And Chaykin was there. Chaykin oh, yeah? was. Howard was there, and maybe uh, um, Frank Miller could have been there. I know Sienkiewicz was at those shows. Um, Bill really? was there. He was married to uh, Frankie. I don't remember much except that she ran his table for him. You know, so mm -hmm. where she was like the one who took all the orders, and he right, just sat right, there. Right, right. And Bill was just doing sketches, huh? Yeah. I mean, everybody drew. They, that's what they do. They, nobody really signed comics back then. Oh, that's most, so weird. Yeah. Nobody signed comics. Yeah, because it would ruin them. It wasn't a lot. You would sign them on the inside. Some right. You always did that. Yeah. On the Indicia page. I don't page. know when that ever became a thing about signing the covers, because that started bothering it, it, me, too. I, 
I don't think that happened to a great degree until like 1990. Yeah, because I was like, why are you ruining that book? Because <laughs> I was yeah, like, there, there sign the cover. Of, yeah. Death of Superman, it, that's when I noticed a lot of cover signature stuff. So it was a little before that. But All right, so when you're not a fanboy and you go in as a professional, what was the first con you did as an official DC artist, writer guy? It was the Chicago Con 1981, and Mike Gold was Mike was the um, the guy who ran the talent stuff or you know, mm-hmm. booked the talent and took care of that. And um, Mike was very nice. And he made me feel like I was a pro. It was really kind of cool because I was he the showrunner or the producer. No, he just did. He did. I think he handled like the media stuff. Yeah. And he also because he had worked at DC previously, he worked at DC in like seventy mid seventies. Jeanette Kahn had brought him in like seventy six or something. Okay. He worked a couple years, so he went back. But he had all those connections. So you had, Mm. um, you know, he he basically put me on a panel Mm. and. it was just kind of amazing because I think in 81, it would have been July. I think all-star squadron number one would have come out in June. Mm. Maybe one issue of that was out. So I felt kind of like I've been working full time from the beginning of 1981. So I was working full time for six months, but you know, they had three month plus lead times back then. So your books, you know, weren't coming out right away. Right. Um, So I was on a panel and get the, the, this is crazy. What on a panel with Bill Sienkiewicz, hmm. Gil Kane, Joe Kubert. Um, those are the guys I remember, but I think I know there were other guys could have been Staten's and there was Joe Staten could have been there. What was there the was, topic? You were just talking about artists and taking questions from people. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like an art panel, you know, like a storytelling or drawing panel. Oh. And, and so I was the new guy and I, I really vividly, vividly remember that somebody had asked Gil Kane a question. They said, if the if the penciler is the if the writer is the writer and the penciler is the director of a movie, mm. then what is the inker? And Gil Kane said, famously didn't like inkers. Gil Kane said, the inker is the guy who holds the director's chair. No, oh, that must have. He was sitting right next to Joe Kubert. Yeah. Joe Kubert had done some inking, not as a regular thing, but had right. done. Some, and I was an inker at that point, not by choice, but that's what DC wanted me to do. Yeah. So. I kind of stood up for myself when I said, uh, I don't think that's quite fair. I said, you know, you, Uh-oh. the inker adds an awful lot and, and Gil didn't argue with me or anything. But then after the panel, I had a conversation with just a brief conversation where Joe, you know, Joe Kubert came over and he did, you know, good panel kid or something. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, yeah, like yeah. a, and I felt amazing. Don't get pushed around by that old coop, you know, it was just funny. It was just funny. Cause he, uh, you know, I didn't. I, I wasn't gonna like say, you know, you're a, a joker. What are you talking? I don't know about? what you're talking about, Kane. Get out of here with your bad nose job. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Do you got any? Do you have any pictures of that? What? Do you have any photographs of you back in the day? I have photographs. I don't think I have anything from the very beginning, the early panel, because mm. I I didn't have a camera with me back then. But I do have some. Oh, these are shots that like. The from like or the 85 PR? i used to bring my camera mm. you know and then i would hand it off to people but then sometimes people would send me pictures but i think if i have in my photo book it means that i probably shot them myself with my camera so me and dave gibbons from yeah from i was gonna say this gibbons see i know dave most of these guys now as older fellows with gray hair me and dick giordano dick giordano yeah is that 
Me and Mike Barr. Mike Barr. Yep. He's been yeah. at Terrific Con. Yeah. No, who was the one that was in the upper corner you just had there? That was me and this one? Yeah. That's me and Dick Giordano. Dick Giordano. Okay. Thought so. Yeah. And then uh, we still have that. Do you still have that shirt? Uh, no. Oh, you know what? I, I Oh, actually, no. You're going to say, yeah, I do. Watch it. I saved it for a long time. I used to Did? use it to grass. I was just kidding. <laughs> I, right. I have everything. There's from uh, Crisis, Crisis on Infinite Earth's panel from Mr. like 85. Yeah. I think that could be Chicago or it could be San Diego. It's hard to tell. Yeah, it might be Chicago. Perez looking like the ladies' man with the hair. I'll sweat. <laughs> but look at this one. This is funny because of my, the 80s, in my expression. Yeah, you look like you got hit with a fish in the head. Like, I'm some, like no, I'm like I just got hit with a carp. What are you talking about? <laughs> George, man, George got guns on him there. His arms look big. <laughs> but yeah, that's the, the shows were fun. You know, we were, there, do... were the Marvel guys there? Was there like a fight between the guys? Like, don't let the DC and Marvel guys mix with each other. No, nah, but I used to, I mean, I'd hang out with Carlin and, and stuff. Here's a nice shot of. Uh, well, you said Bill Sienkiewicz. He was working at Marvel then, right? Back in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a shot of me with my sleeveless, sleeveless T-shirt. Len got Wein. The that, going. There's Len Wein. And uh, what's, is Len that on his, what's, what's Len wearing on his head? Like a, He's wearing a baseball wow. helmet or something. Yeah, it looks like a batting helmet. Yeah, it's a San Diego. Oh, okay. And then Mike. Mike Barr in the background. And you guys are all at one little booth or something? Did, did DC yeah, have a booth? Or had, guys... Yeah, DC had little like a booth. Here's another how crowded it would be at different times. I'm in the off the picture. There's Marv, and then the middle guy is Chuck Patton, who did okay. Justice League back then, and then uh, Paul Le Levitz. Yeah, I was gonna say that's Levitz. Yeah, Marv still has that look on his face sometimes. You mean yeah. the kind of sneer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I talk to him, he's it like. He did it when he was on, uh, if you saw that episode where he did the crisis on The Flash. Oh, yeah. He does that little, like, <laughs> the thing, like, huh? That's, that's a Marv trademark right there. Hold on. Uh -oh. Here's a good one. Gil Kane? No, this is the uh, San Diego Con. That's the Jack Kirby Awards. Is that George? Roy in the background? And Jack Kirby? Right in the very middle is Kirby between me and George. We're getting the award for No, crisis. but I'm saying off to the left. Is that, is that Roy? Was no, that's Dave, Dave Ulbridge. Oh, Dave, Dave Ulbridge. Was, okay. Yeah, he was uh, Malibu Comics. Gotcha. What year is that? 85. I'm sure this is doing great on audio. People are like, I can't what? see what you're looking at. Well, that gives them a reason to oh, look I've at seen, it. Now, I've seen that photo on George Perez's Facebook page. It's you, yeah. Bill, Frank Miller. Who's the, is that? Steve Bissett. Steve Bissett, yeah, okay. Steve and Rude and, and Miller and Bissett between them. Karen Berger's on my knee. Karen Berger, okay. I mean, uh, not Rude, oh. Dave Gibbons. Dave Gibbons and Kirby and, yeah. That yeah. was the award winners that year. That's San Diego Comic-Con? Yeah. Okay. And uh, Award winners? What did you win the award for? We won for Crisis. Oh, okay. And then... Uh, um, now, that's when the show that was, was still about comic books, right? Yeah, well, this was also the. It's funny because I have another shot of that. So I mean, I think Hank Canals might have taken this picture with my camera. Mm -hmm. So the, the, there were other people taking that same shot because we were obviously posed. Right. But, um, that was the last year of the Jack Kirby Awards. So San Diego was Why trying was to the do last it. Last year they got rid of it. 
Yeah, they they switched over to um, the uh, was it the Ink Pot? Inkwell. No, Ink Pot. No, they have yeah. the Ink Pot Awards, I think. So it was just kind of unfortunate because it was neat that Jack's because I got the award on the wall and Jack signed it. Oh, nice! Which really, kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah. Again, what was the show like, though? What was the 80s conventions like? Were there guys in costume? Did you have cosplayers? No, you know, the traffic was mostly, it, there wasn't, there was a line. There would be people crowding around DC, mm-hmm. Marvel, you know, then there was Artist Alley, as they always had an Artist Alley, but you didn't have to sit there all, t- you know, all day. Oh, was it, there toys or, and stuff? There was it, there toy vendors or not really? There were, yeah, there were all kinds of vendors. There were people selling comics. There were people selling just pretty much anything, science fiction yeah. stuff. It was, yeah. it was kind of more of an amalgam of all the different hobbies. Still no movie actors, though. Um, San Diego had Billy Moomy, oh, okay. uh, Lost in Space, because he was a comic fan. And you had, uh, you know, like Mark Hamill could show up. I think Mark did you the, tell me Miguel Ferrar was there once? Yeah, yeah, Miguel. I met Miguel and Billy at the same time. And yeah. Miguel had just, I met him the year before. And then the year later, like whenever RoboCop came out. seven. Yeah, he showed up with the guy who wrote it, Ed Neumauer, and uh, basically walked around the show. And That's they were, so funny. That was just on Sunday. I watched yeah. RoboCop with uh, Rafael, and I call it Rafael Ferrar's brother. Rafael's <laughs> It's uh, George Clooney's cousin for people that don't know, but he's also a voiceover fellow that lives in Connecticut. Yeah. It's weird. So, well, when, did, when did you start to see like the shows start to change though? When did they get bigger? When did you start getting more of Hollywood stuff? Was that two thousands maybe, or, you know, the, the Hollywood stuff, well, San Diego started changing in really in the nineties. Um, but San Diego, like I said, the other people that would show up at San Diego cons, they would get some actors like the Star Trek guys, you know, like uh, the new one uh, or the old show, the old show. You would oh. have Walter Koenig would be at San Diego con. You could get Major Barrett. Um, yeah. It wasn't Shatner or, or Nimoy. It the, wouldn't. Yeah, it was the, the second tier. But they would have panels. They would have Star Trek panels and things. And, and I think it was when they started doing movie panels. You know, that's when the movie stuff started building. Because I think movie people would come to the show. If there, a lot of movie people were comic fans. They would just come incognito. Oh, yeah. It was an official thing. But then what once... About, what about when they did the Batman movie and all that? They didn't do any... That was... Yeah, they did a promotion. But the movie had already come out by then. So it was oh, okay. more or less like DC was benefiting from, you know... Did they have any of the Lois and Clark people or any of the TV actors? That wasn't... The year that we did... Yeah, the year that they did the pilot for lois and clark we had done we showed up and we, we did san diego uh I'm trying to think it was 93 92 terry hatcher yeah 92 93. so i think the show it was the year after i left the book so it would have been 93 maybe mm-hmm. when when they filmed the pilot mm-hmm. and at that show the guy who played lex luther um oh oh yeah. he was a good guy he was really nice uh. Uh, I can't think of his name. He's got the curly, tight hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, he he showed up and he actually did some signing time at the DC booth. Um, really? He was totally cool about it. He was very into it. Um, that's gonna bug me now. I could look it up, but that's not gonna help anything. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, like I said, it's funny. Here's here. Yeah, not that this is a convention thing. I know we're sort of sidetracking already, but yeah, yeah, that's fine. Somebody sent me these pictures of fan. Uh, yeah. They were in. Oh, I guess that. Vancouver. That's or, Chris Marie. Or not Vancouver. Is it Vancouver? Yeah, the warm yeah. 
part of Can of Canada. Was that Superman three? I believe it was. Yeah, that's when he gets the award. When he goes, yeah, he goes back to Smallville or some for Superman Day. So yes. Yeah. Oh wow! Somebody, some extras took those shots. Yeah, that's they cool. Had a, it is kind of cool. I don't know if the back of the picture might have a a name on it or not, but I worry about stuff like that. Like the pictures stuck to the uh, the photo page. No, Don Stromberg. What year? It's August 1982. Um, yeah, Don's that would be Superman three because Superman yeah. uh, two would come out in eighty one. So I guess he was on set. They were filming the like a carnival scene or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yeah, and then he meets uh, Gus Gorman, aka yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I, I said, I got a good shot too. I mean. Well, he was, I think he was one of the crowd extras. Oh, okay. You know? And I used to get, like I said, in 1982, I wasn't even drawing Superman. I was doing All-Star Squadron. So, oh, but still. But I would get like, you know, I always, I always answered my fan mail, you know. Was there any like crazy after parties you could tell us? At the shows? Yeah. Oh, you know what? In those days. Because um, you didn't see all these guys all the time, right? This is like once a year you get together. Yeah. Yeah, especially like the California guys, you wouldn't really see them except for at San Diego Con, like Evan, Mark Evanier and Rick Hoberg and, and maybe Mike Royer and people, and Kirby, basically. Mm -hmm. but they, DC would do a party yeah. on one night, and then Marvel would do a party on another night. And they were like, you know, it was a, a open bar. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, it was nice. And, and, and they would do them at the hotels. And it wasn't, you know, it was like an exclusive there was mostly professional only, but you know, uh, fan press could get in or whatever. And mm -hmm. um, those were fun, but uh, the shows were always like, we would always try to get together and do a meal. Yeah. You know, and then uh, you'd do a party or whatever afterwards. Uh, but that was part of, I have some, actually, um, I think I do have a picture of with the lobby stuff. I just have to find it. It was really funny. We used to do these like at San Diego, there's a, the hotel had this, piano in the in the lobby and people would just gravitate around the the piano <clears throat> they would gravitate around the lobby did anyone play was howard shaken twig al gordon <laughs> al gordon would play the piano yeah yeah there's some funny if i can I find them say it was going to be howard like t uh, tickling the ivories there playing uh honestly i didn't i didn't ever way. i never used to see howard um Chaken. I wouldn't see him at all. Well in the early nineties he was probably doing T V stuff like the Yeah, fact. he had gone to right. He was I'd see, I'd, but I, I wouldn't see a lot of these people after the fact, you know, after a, you know mm -hmm. <clears throat> like when they were doing it if they were doing a show, they would probably sign at a DC booth. But if you lived in California, you know, if you were in San Diego, you wouldn't even have to go anywhere. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you wouldn't yeah. even have to go to a hotel. When did something. they start doing the big New York shows? There were always New York shows, but um, the creation cons used to be in the yeah. 70s. I never did them because I was in the Midwest, and it was like a... No, I remember they would be... Uh, the Marvel one was at the Commodore Hotel, and there was one, at, I think, down at Madison Square Garden or something like that. Yeah. I know Spencer Beck ran a big one for years at Madison Square Garden in the early here's 80s. One from, here's a good yeah. shot from San Diego Con. Is that Vampirella? Yeah, you know, she, was, she was super what nice, you, too. What year is that? Um, I'm going to say it's probably based I, on my, my shirt. No, because I remember 
Well, Tops is there too. So no, I remember. No, I remember they had a Vampirella actress that would go around to the comic book shops. Yeah. In the early '90s, because my friend and Joe Murley and I were walking around the Milford Mall, and they had a comic shop there back then, and she was there. And Joe was like, "Oh my God, who is this vampire woman?" I go, "Vampirella." And then she goes, "Well, I got to leave now. I got to do another comic shop up the road." So he hopped in his car. And we drove up the road to go <laughs> see her again. He's like. Can we keep following you around, Vampirella, whatever? So you were stalkers. We were fans, Jerry. We were fans. <laughs> and that, that was, for that other photo you had, that was the Superman coming through the wall at DC Comics, because I remember seeing it when yeah, I went yeah. to my interview, and that was the... Uh, I designed that. That was funny. I remember walking in off the uh, the door for the receptionist, and that was the first yeah. thing I saw. Yeah, that was... Tell me they kept making it shorter or something, like the arms, they were making it... Well, they... When they first yeah, that's did it. it, yeah. When they first sculpted it, the arms were like really long. Is that Carlin? Yeah. Yeah. Mike Mike was always good for a, a funny picture. He always posed for something. Mm. Here's a good one. This What's was that? Alan Hanley's Universe comic story. Oh, yeah, remember yeah, those? Yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. It was in um, Alexander's Plaza. Remember that building was Alexander's department store. It was a mall, kind of like multi-store. Yeah. On third, was it the twenty third or thirty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was Forbidden Planet. There was uh, that was in lower Lower Manhattan. This that was, was on Thirteenth Street. Forbidden. Uh, this was in like a building where Ale Alexander's was a department store. Yeah, no, yeah, they had one here in Milford too. Yeah, and they had like a they had the whole building, so they would, uh, you know, it was more of a case where they they would yeah. basically department store. Uh, they had a basement. Like here, you guys want this? The Alan Hanley's Universe store was like amazing. Had tons of books. They were really That's a good. Not, you don't mean Jim Hanley. Oh yeah, Jim Hanley. Jim Hanley, yeah, because Jim Hanley's yeah. uh, universe that was the street from uh, the Empire State Building. They they moved finally. Here's a picture Jim of Hanley's Mike Carlin. comic book universe. Mike Carlin's office. Oh my God! I'd say probably 1986 or seven. Like uh, wanted posters, the post office. Is that <laughs> Pee Wee Herman on the wall? It's a picture of me on the wall. I was taking doing a Superman pose. Uh oh, it means it's nine o'clock. Your three students. Well, we didn't start right away. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying, I'm trying to keep it going today because I don't want Andy people to Helfer's say. Off. Andy Heffler? Helfer? Helfer, yeah, yeah. But, wow. anyways. Anyways. No, so I was just thinking, the first, uh, nothing, I was going to say that that's nothing like the cons I went to here. I went to a couple at the North Haven Holiday Inn, and there was just comic book dealers. You paid a dollar to get in and you just shop for comics. And the first celebrity I ever met at a comic show was Wally Wood in New Haven on Whaley Avenue. Wally was, I don't know, how old, late 60s maybe? I don't think he was that old when he died, so he's probably... No. Well, he looked a lot old. He looked yeah. Like, I mean, he was the big guy there. And I said, I don't know who the hell this Wally Wood is. What kind of comic book legend is that? <laughs> and my buddy goes, he's right next to you. And he was sitting right next to me. And I go home, and sure enough, I bought Daredevil number eight. And uh, the red costume was designed by who? Wally Wood. And I'm like, Oops. you were just a dopey kid. I was Couldn't... a dopey kid. Yeah, I could have got him to sign it, but no, I insulted <laughs> the man. And then he killed himself shortly after. True story, kids. My friend would call me up all the time. You killed Wally Wood. I'm like, thanks, buddy. <laughs> thanks, buddy. And then there was a couple big shows in the '80s. They would have them in New Haven. Uh, I remember there was a Star Trek comic book convention, and at the same time, in Macy's, Al McPherson was there. 
doing a charity signing. So Didn't I, the creation, I, I, on, creation used to do shows in New Haven too. They did. They did. And then there was one up in Hartford too. They used to do science fiction Star Trek conventions. Yeah. Uh, which is funny because the name of the company that did that was called Slanted Fedora Marketing. And my show's Big Fedora Marketing. I had no idea. But when I came out with the name, people were like, are you related to the guy that used to do the shows in the 80s? I'm like, no. <laughs> Oh, he was a jerk. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a son. So, oh, here's a here's a good one what? about the conventions. When I was, I think it was the first year I did San Diego Con would have been. I want to say it was eighty. It might have been eighty four. Okay. No, I'm not. I'm questioning that. I think it was. I wasn't there. You were there. So. Yeah, but anyway, why would it be? Why would it be eighty four? What book were you on? It was before. It was right before Crisis. So or that would be 84, yeah. So it makes sense because DC would send me different places because I was working on Crisis. You'd go to more shows and do time at the DC booth or whatever. <clears throat> but did, anyways, you a, did you have a fan base then? Yeah. Were yeah. people like, oh my God, it's Jerry Ordway. Well, it was people who liked All-Star Squadron. Like the oh, okay. So, you know, they were, they were always there. But um, I was sitting at the DC table signing mm-hmm. and <clears throat> Jerry Siegel was sitting next to me. Oh. And it was like, oh, you know, introduce myself. We start talking and stuff. And uh, I asked him to sign. I showed him my All-Star Squadron cover. Yeah. I'd drawn Superman, the Golden Age Superman. Mm-hmm. And uh, I asked him to sign the inside. And, he, and I found that comic when I was going through stuff. That's the problem about you kind of forget you have stuff like that. But uh, I remember I was kicking myself the other day thinking, oh, I should have got Rich Buckler when I had him as a guest here in Bridgeport back in 2014, I should have got him to sign my Deathlock first appearance because yeah. that was my favorite character, right? So as I'm cleaning books, I found it. And then in the lower corner... It's signed. It's signed by Rich Buckler. There it is right there. He did sign it for me. So I was like, oh, I must have forgot that I got him to sign it because Perez was there at the Bridgeport show. Right. It was Klaus Jansen. And I was going to get all three of them to sign it, and I totally spaced, but I only got Rich. But I could still get Klaus, and I could still get George. So I'll have to complete this one day. Maybe you wished it into existence. Maybe you actually I didn't. honestly, I, I never, I don't remember him signing this, and I remember kicking myself because you were there. You yeah. were next to uh, Herb Trimp, and you guys were counting how many times <laughs> Rich Buckler kept walking outside to smoke, smoke a cigarette. <laughs> I think it was like 20, 20 something times on Saturday. He couldn't, he couldn't sit yeah. still. He never sat down. Yeah. He stood there the entire time and he just, you know, he kept just. Yeah, because he had to go right between me and Herb. Yeah, to get out to the. Or to go out to the smoking area. And I, yeah. we used to, I, I saw Jose Luis Garcia Lopez multiple times that day, but yeah. Rich was there, like I said, every like 15 minutes. <laughs> I remember I had no room. I, you got to remember, this was a hockey arena. It's designed for rock and roll circuses and. Uh, hockey shows and I converted the food court area to the artist alley and I had to put Colleen Dora next to the uh, the the soft ice cream machine and uh, <laughs> she was like I like because the sun was coming through there just like you were talking about it would oh, heat got the, over there. right and uh, the the cooler air was right <laughs> near the ice cream machine so uh, Colleen was like right on top of the thing freezing her butt <laughs> off and next to her I think I moved Lee Weeks over there because Lee was in the corner uh, cooking and he, <laughs> And you moved me over there. So I moved him over there. And I think Danny Finger off. So all around this ice cream machine, you had these people. Signed. Yeah. So they melted the ice cream for you. No, you know, that was a good show. Cause they had uh, G- George Perez was there. Uh, Joe Rubenstein was next to him ink and stuff. And then next to him was Bob. 
what's his name? The colorist. Camp or Bob McLeod? No, not Bob. The colorist. Oh. What's it? Tom Smith. Tom Smith. Not, oh, yeah, so what was happening, George would pencil stuff, hand it off to Joe. Joe would ink it, and then they'd hand it to Tom, and Tom would color it in. So there's like sneeze. a little assembly line going on there. So, uh-oh. <laughs> Good thing we're self-isolating right now, or I'd have to be. Well, now I've just sneezed into my shirt. So I want to tell you another good story from San Diego. We'll be the judge of that, Jerry. Okay. San Diego Con. Well, we used to do this. Like, we would go to the shows. Um, we did this with Chicago as well. Yeah. I guess Chicago works too. Um, we went to the Pitt Congress bar, Mike Macklin and, and, and I. We got to the show on Thursday night. Yeah. Because the show opened Friday at that point. It was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday show. Yeah. So we get in, we drive in from Milwaukee, you know, we get there about like 7.30 or something. We check into the hotel and we go to the bar. Yeah. So we go down to the bar and who's there in the bar? Gil Kane and his wife. Oh. We didn't know him. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, again, we're both like kind of scared hey, to I talk. I thought you said he ripped your inkers apart years earlier. That's why we didn't, we we're afraid of him. So, oh, but, okay. so what we did was we kept sending him drinks. We kept oh. buying him drinks. And he would like oh he'd take, he'd lift the hoist the glass mm. so we had kind of like a non uh, confrontational <laughs> drinking thing, but anyways then on the last day of that show Sunday he walks up to my table and I suddenly thought oh my god because he's the type of guy who could spontaneously he would spontaneously come to your table yeah. and he would give you a critique of your artwork and I didn't. You know, I was too fragile. I just didn't want Gil Kane to comes up and says, I was on the wagon for 32 years, but thanks for all those drinks, buddy. Now I got to go see a friend of Bill's. No, he comes no, over. He, uh, he comes up to me. He says, oh, I know you're, you're sharing a studio with, with Pat Broderick. Mm. And I said, oh, yeah. We, Pat had moved to Wisconsin for like a period of year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. And we were in a studio together. And he goes, well, let me tell you about Pat's work. And then he spent like 10 minutes tearing Pat's work apart. Oh, Pat nice. Was yeah. So I was like, okay. And then he goes, uh, do you know where Dan Jurgens is? And I'm like, he's right over there. Yes. <laughs> I got something to tell that kid too. <laughs> and where's this Jerry Ordway guy? You go, <laughs> never heard of him. Funny. It was just funny. So and I spent Bill Kane just offered the, here's what I think of you com- comments. He would do, he would just, he would spontaneously critique people. Were they ever and he was right, but it was like, you know, can you handle that? You know, you can't handle the truth. So, he, but he, he would just comes up to random people and starts saying, and I don't like the way you draw elbows. Like, okay. He, well, Roy did that. I mean. <laughs> pointy, pointy kneecaps. I had pointy kneecaps and pointy elbows. Wow. <clears throat> but anyways, it's funny. So I spent years being afraid to talk to Howard Chaikin as well. Oh, well, that's, that's justifiable. That's, that, we I had actually, that. we had at Chicago at one of those early shows, like in the late, late seventies, we had, I hadn't seen it, but a friend of mine had seen this happen like maybe half hour before uh-uh. where some kid brought their samples up and Howard just like chewed the kid out and pr- pretty much made the kid cry or whatever. That was me. And, I was uh, one of those people. And so that became like all the, all of my friends were like going around. Did you hear what Jacob did to that kid? Did you yeah. hear it? Yeah. This- I was afraid. I was afraid to talk to Howard and oh, I never no. even officially went up and met him until Pat Bastine, who was DC's production head. Mm. Uh, yeah. Pat took me around to San Diego con and she said, Oh, you should, you, do you know, you know, Jaken, yeah. uh, Howard's he's yeah. a sweetheart. So yeah. she introduced me. Howard was really nice. Mm. And then, uh, uh, she introduced me to Neil Adams as yeah. well. I was like, yeah. these were all people I was afraid to meet. 
She introduced me to Jim Steranko. So I got all that out of, out of the way because they all I'm like not, all those people you mentioned. I swear I'd be scared to death in a dark alley if they were at the other end. Steranko, <laughs> uh, uh, Neil, and Shake, and I'd be like, I gotta, I'm gonna die. Yeah. But the, hey, the one Chicago con, there was mm -hmm. a funny story at this con. It was again, it would have been like um, early '80s. Yeah, yeah. It was when Frank was doing Daredevil, when he first was doing Daredevil, mm -hmm. before Batman stuff, whatever. So it might have been 82 or something. Mm -hmm. I think it was that some, so apparently, every, we were all talking about this because apparently some kid had followed him into the bathroom after the show yeah. or whatever. They followed him into one of the bathrooms and he went into a stall. This doesn't and sound good. Sketchbook yeah. under, under the door. And we were all going... <laughs> Why didn't he just use it to wipe? <laughs> could you, uh, could you sing this here? Yeah. But when you'd hear, we'd hear stuff as at that point I was a professional. We'd hear those stories, and it would be like, "Wow, that's how that's how creepy. could somebody do that?" <laughs> no, my my. How story. could you expect a good outcome if you follow somebody into a bathroom? They're going to sit on the toilet and draw you a sketch. Neil would like wash your hands, kids. Uh, no, I was going to say. My scary encounter with Howard Chaikin happens when the Bravura comic book line came out. Right, so I'm that was like 1992. No, that would have been after Image. So 93? that would have been before-ish. Okay, so yeah, maybe around there. So I did my own comic. I penciled it. It was based on me and my friend Joe Murley. And I had the whole thing done, inked and everything. And I was trying to get it printed. And I didn't know how to get distributed. So right. Howard's there. It's Howard. Uh, who was the guy that did The Punisher for a while? Dave Mazzuchelli? The Punisher? Was it uh, Bill Reinhold? Or? No, it was Italian last name. Anyway, so they're at the, this, we're at the Avenue of America's hotel. Was it 1325 or something like that? The Sheridan? There was oh, that's where DC was. Yeah, there was a comic convention there. So I went into the show, purposely came down there, took my Sharon, who was not my wife yet. She's still my girlfriend. So I had my portfolio. I had this book. Howard's there. Mike Mignola's there. Hellboy had just started coming out, maybe. Right. And he just had a baby because he right. had the baby. And I remember holding the elevator door for him and his baby. I think it's a baby girl. I don't remember. Uh, and then Starlin was there. And they just had done that Brevura line. Starlin yeah. was doing Breed. And Howard's doing Power and Glory. Simonson did Simon's his. Simonson's uh, doing Star Slammers, maybe? Yep, yep. yep. And they're all there. I can't remember who was doing the uh, Punisher book. But anyway, I go up to Howard. I wait my turn. I got my book. I said, hey, Mr. Chaikin, I'm a big fan of American flag. I loved all your stuff. Loved the shadow. I, here's this book. I, I just have a lot of questions for you. How does one get a distributor, a distributor? How does one get published? How does one do this and this and that? I, and I'm just bombarding with all these questions. It's <laughs> like, what, 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 what? Stop, 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 slow down, stop. And uh, I go, what, what? He goes, why are you doing all this? What are you doing this for? I said, so I could make money. What, what, what are you doing this for? He's make money. What you are, are you? What kind of artist are you? I said, one is trying to draw a paycheck. He goes, listen, listen, you, you, you have a God given ability. He's looking at the artwork. You have a talent. God gave you this stuff. You got to draw it for the love of it. You got to do it for the, why you want to do it is the love, not for a paycheck. You can't do it for money. You know what we call people that just do things for money? We call them whores. And everyone's listening as he's lecturing me. My wife, my girlfriend, Sharon, going to be my wife. She's standing there like, what the 
is wrong with this guy? So he's, should I bury him? No, he's ripping <laughs> me apart. He's ripping me apart. Like you gotta draw for the love of art. I don't talk to horse. I don't do this. I don't do that. You get, just get out of here. You nothing. But if you're not doing this for the love of artwork or the storytelling, you're just a whore, a prostitute. And and two of the other artists, I gotta remember who was next to him. They all kind of looked over, like, "Holy Jesus, let the kid go!" <laughs> will you? So he's ripping me apart, and I'm like, "Well, I want to crawl out of there like so bad." <laughs> and then I stop, and then I get my New Haven up, and I go, "Hey, Chaykin," and he goes, "What?" I go, "This your book," and I pick up the Power and Glory, and he's signing. He goes, "Yeah." I go, "How much is this?" He goes, "Oh, it's like two dollars or whatever." I go, "And if I buy it, you'll sign it?" He goes, "Yeah." Do you want a copy? I go, "No, I just want to see what your rate is, whore." And he goes, what? I go, so you're a $2 whore. He goes, get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. I just saw my own show. So he just, he started yelling at me about get the F out of here. And my wife goes, wow, you're a real asshole. And she goes, ah, and he's yelling at her now. So we leave and I'm there. And then I bump into McNolan in the elevator and I'm just devastated. I'm like, I'm going to go home. I'm putting the comic book on the shelf. I'm just going to go back to work as a graphic designer and doing catalogs. And there goes the career that never was. Flash forward 2011, I'm at Baltimore Comic-Con. I'm going to interview Klaus Janssen because he worked on the Indiana Jones comic book. Walt Simonson because Walt wrote Raiders Lost Ark, the movie adaptation. Klaus inked it. And Howard Shakin was next to him, and he did a couple of Indiana Jones issues, wrote and drew them, okay? So I did Simonson. I did Walt and Louise. I did Klaus. And then Howard was the next guy. So I'm sitting there and I got the microphone out and I'm going to do it for the IndieCast and the Raider.net. So I sit there and Howard goes, okay, babe. And it's, it's, you can still hear this interview. And I go, we're going to set up. He goes, yeah, 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 yeah. Give me a couple minutes. And we sit down and he introduces himself. He goes, oh, I'm Howard Shake. And I go, yeah, I know who you are. He goes, why? Do I know you? I go, 20 years ago, Shake. <laughs> you and me met in New York at the Sheridan Hotel. He goes, okay, do I owe you money? I go, there's two people on my hate list, Hitler and Howard Chaykin. And depending on the day, it's a toss-up who's one and who's two. He goes, oh, my God, what did I do? And I told him the whole story. And then he got, and, and, and Klaus stops. He's looking over, and, and Walt and Louise are looking over. And, and Howard goes, wait, wait, when did this happen? I go, like, 93, 94. He goes, I was drinking on drugs. I don't remember that. I don't know. And then he goes, wait, what's even worse is you've harbored this hatred inside of you, this wasted energy for how many years? I go about 18, 20 years. You could have done so much good with that, <laughs> that energy. And you just hated me ever since I go, yeah, I got nothing else to do. And he goes, Oh my God, Jesus Christ. And he goes on, he does the whole interview. And the next morning I see him on Sunday and he stops me. He goes, Hey, can I buy you lunch? I thought about that all night long. And it really bothered me that you've hated me for all these years. I go, yeah, let it go. So now he comes to me, and when his birthday would come on Facebook, I would always write to him, happy birthday, your friend, the whore, the whore master. And, uh, finally, when I invite him to come to my show, I'm sitting there and I told him the story. He goes, oh, that was you? I go, yeah, that was me. So, and my wife loves him now. She says, oh, that's that sweet guy. I love him. He's so funny. And this, I go, you called him an asshole back in 1994 to his face. He goes, that guy? Yeah. Oh, he's not. And there's a picture well, you, of all of us last year at the bar. Remember? Howard right. was leaving. It's you, me, and, right. Sharon, and Howard comes over. He's giving me a kiss. And I'm like, this is the guy that called me a whore back in 1994. Now we're all one big friend. So, and you've exploited, you've exploited your victimhood. Yeah, I did. And I got, you know how I, it was great? Because he hates talking about Star Wars. And I, I wrote him a letter. And it was the 40th anniversary of the Star Wars comic book. And I said, Howard, would you please do a panel? 
uh, <laughs> with Roy Thomas and Charles Lippincott of all people, who is the marketing right. guy at my show. He hasn't done it. He said, I won't do it for San Diego. I won't do it for New York, <laughs> but I'll do it for you. And that's it. We're done. I go, okay. So there was that meeting of everybody at that show. And, and Roy had his original yellow t-shirt from 1976 San Diego. And Charles Lippincott came in with a replica. And they asked Howard. He goes, I don't have that thing. I give that to my niece years ago. She like, threw it away. It's too funny though. He's like, okay, we're done. I don't know you anything anymore. I'm like, yes. Well, you, and you know where that came from. I heard this. I, at least I think I read it in one of those. Uh, what, the journal. Star Wars hatred? No, the, the, the fact that Chaykin would do these really brutal reviews. He did wow. that because he got brutal reviews. Oh, so it just... Okay. He got, I mean, it sounded like he got it from, from Gil Kane and he got a bad review from Neil Adams. And he felt like that that was a good thing. He was passing on the tradition. Because it made you, yeah, because it made you work harder or something. So, you know, just gave up and become You a... took the wrong lesson out of it. You got the wrong lesson. I know. Lesson. I should have just got my determination and my spunk on and went back and said, I'll show you, Howard Chicken. But <laughs> I just conformed and became a graphic designer. And yeah, I sit here in this hovel. Thanks, Howard. No, he, Roy Doty ruined me. Roy Doty was the cartoonist who did uh, Laughing. Remember that show? And Laugh? he also he used, to do, he used to do a how to page in, in Wood uh, Magazine. Handyman. Yeah, Handyman. Yeah. For like 30 yeah. years. I went to do my internship at Mort Walker studio. You know, Mort Walker, Beetle Bailey and High and Lois. High and Lois was done with Dick Brown's son, Brian Brown. So you Brian. did an internship with them? You did an internship with I them? I went in, I went in for it. And uh, Dick Brown, who did Hagger the Horrible, his, I'm going to say his son's name was Brian. Chris. 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 Okay. So what they did is people. Mark Walker's son is Brian. Mark Walker's Brian, yeah. but they don't—they don't really draw those comic strips at the time. They had a bunch of ghosts that would just—they would just stamp Mark Walker's name on a lot of it. But he wasn't really doing the day to day. They well, had Chris Brown was drawing it, and uh, yeah, Greg Walker was basically writing it with supervision. With there the, you yeah. go. So they would have this team of people in the studio doing these comic strips for the newspaper. So I went in there to be an intern, and Roy Doty shows up. And Roy's a, Roy Doty's this old cartoonist guy, and he's friends with these people. And he looks at my portfolio, and he starts screaming at me about how I can't draw hands right. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just a kid. I was like maybe 19. I was in college, 20. I said, well, that's the whole idea of the apprenticeship. I'm supposed to be here cleaning the studio, <laughs> and you're supposed to give me little tips. Maybe there's like a little secret how to draw a hand that I don't know about. And he's like, oh, fired up. He's like, no, go home, get a mirror practice drawing your hands for six months and then come back to me and I'll see if I'll hire you for this studio. And that's job. good. That's a good advice there. You know, that's, but I just, I'm arrogant. I didn't want to draw six months. I go, what the, f you know, I'm not waiting. I use, I use my hand when I'm drawing hands because you got a hand. I use my face because I got a face, <laughs> you know, I know that's but how still, you learn when you draw. See, I always got accused of this. Maybe it's some kind of weird disorder. I have, if I'm drawing, I start to make faces of what I'm drawing. Like if I'm making yeah. a face, I start going, you know, yeah, yeah. A, a surprise. I'm like, it's weird. Cause people will watch me. They go, do you realize your face is contorting as you draw? That's, I go, yeah, because I'm trying to emote. Right. But drawing. that's why drawing is not a spectator sport. <laughs> no, it's creepy as all hell. Cause uh, people used to be in the drawing class with me and they look over and get scared. Cause I'm over there. Like, yeah. Sharon, Sharon, my wife makes fun of me. Cause you'll see this. Right. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, why is the tongue sticking out? I go, I, I don't know. It just happened. Because <laughs> I'm in a Little Rascals movie. 
Shut up, Woim. By the <laughs> way, did you know who was um, Butch's best friend in those movies? Totally Robert. off the sub. This is how it comes. It's a four-hour block. Blake. No, he was Little Beaver, and he was Mickey on another one. Okay. Dean Reynolds, producer of MASH, the TV oh. show, was a child actor and then went into uh, work yeah. in other movies. But he was Butch's sidekick. I think his name is Woim, which I was like, <laughs> was that supposed to be Worm? But they just said yeah. Woim. Come on, Woim. It's and a that, was, that was Gene Reynolds' uh, thing. Why did they have Brooklyn accents when they, all those kids were from California? The how Roach that weren't they supposed they were supposed to be set yeah in the uh new york uh yeah but i think they were all filmed out in california though um i don't know that those were initially i mean i think they were afterwards how road studios yeah yeah i just assumed everything was california because laurel and hardy i think they also tried to because they didn't i mean there's probably a bigger population in the east than there was in california so i think they kept the because there's a lot of brooklyn in uh you know yeah. in the movies early movies oh, yeah. like when you watch the westerns yeah 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 <laughs> yeah i'm from oklahoma yeah oh the best yeah the, i want a sarsaparilla the oklahoma kid who's in that i think it's jimmy cagney and humphrey oh, bogart's the bad cagney. guy yeah yeah yeah. it is jimmy cagney yeah humphrey bogart the card card sharp or yes. whatever <laughs> where you're from from mississippi really <laughs> Is that by way of Brooklyn? I was gonna say, is, is that near Yonkers? Yeah, yeah. I, I punched a cow. What are you gonna do about it? Yeah, I'm a cow poke. Yeah, so in all the years that I was that I was in Wisconsin, the first New York show that I went to was the first New York comic show was when uh, Fred Greenberg was doing the shows at the Javits Center in the uh, late '80s. That's He's, the one I think Beck was working with. He did them, uh, I think, in '80. I want to say 88, 89, 90, 91. Mm. And then they had that. There was one year. No, it was up through 80, 89. There was like a big s- snowstorm that basically killed that show because it snowed. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. Snow on the Friday or the Saturday of the show. Yep. And yep. a lot of guests, the roads were closed. So he basically had the, the show went on without people. Yeah. And then he, he lost money owed money to people so Nick Barucci did a show at the Javits around the time of that the Superman or the year after Nick Barucci publisher of Dynamite Comics yeah but it was like he was it was like he was doing it under the under the radar for some reason maybe and possibly Fred Greenberg was Mm. supervising it but because he probably owed people money and had bad will and all that but I think Fred the last show Fred did I was going to say was in Stanford Connecticut at the same place that we did a show once oh yeah I don't know. I haven't... A, and no one showed up for it. And it had like John Romita Jr., John Romita Sr. It was a great guest list, but something happened. Either there was a storm or whatever happened. Nobody was well, there. The one, one at the Javits, that used, in the old days, there, that was a long walk from Grand Central to the Javits. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and now this thing, the, 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 what is it, Harbor Yards? You could just go yeah, right Yeah, now there. you have the subway that goes right there or whatever. No, but before it was at least an 18 or 20 block walk. Yeah. But that was it. That was that was one of those shows where you talk about it became monstrously crazy and media shows. Mm-hmm. Once the image stuff happened in the late, like from '92, it became more Hollywood and like crazy. I remember walking into uh, Chicago Con the one year. I think it was the year after my daughter was born, so it probably been '93, and 
everybody had giant TV displays and giant multimedia things. And you'd walk in and it sounded like a rock concert. There'd yeah, be like yeah. music yeah, playing yeah, yeah, yeah. visuals. It was, it was, that was such a change. And it was because there was um, comics that's, you know, a couple comics that sold millions of copies mm -hmm. and other people suddenly smelled blood in the water. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you had sci-fi had a comic brand you had uh, tops, all these new comic, you know, companies, everybody was trying to outcompete for the booth space and to get people. And it really became nuts. I mean, uh, you know, one of the big changes too was that at the time, those were very not kid friendly shows. No, no. They started getting pay, Playboy and Penthouse pets doing trading card sets and like, Oh yeah. 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 Remember the yeah. show we did uh, in Massachusetts? Oh Yeah. yeah. And we were at the, the, they put us in some table in the corner. Well, they had the desperate, or not the desperate, the, uh, the housewives of, of New Jersey or something. They had Yeah, 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 yeah. They had Burt Reynolds there. That was the big draw. Remember Burt Reynolds was there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we had, they put us in what they call Lipstick Lane. Right. And where they, they would get the penthouse and the hustler yeah. and the Playboy playmates. Right. Really attractive. Um, yeah, very attractive. Blonde kept walking past. Yeah, Sarah Underwood. Sarah Underwood very kept walking cool, by yeah. us. Yeah. Very cute. This smelled like perfume over there. I just remember we were sitting there. I'm like, wow, this is really <laughs> perfumey over here in the whole room. <laughs> Lipstick Lane. Yeah. There's some odd, odd things you see at these shows. But that's the like, first time you saw a big con uh, cosplay thing. Well, Did I was just going to say, like, in, in uh, at the Chicago cons that I was talking about in the early 80s, yeah. the con itself used to have a, co a costume contest on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. So the show would run till, say, five. And then they would have like one of the panel rooms would be a judging for costume contest. Mm -hmm. And it would be, you know, they'd give away prizes, you know, they'd yeah. give away books, they'd give away, you know, whatever gift certificates and things like that. So that was when you saw people in cosplay, it wasn't through the whole show. It was generally around the, the costume thing. Mm -hmm. um, Cause we had a friend of ours, uh, a guy used to own a, had a comic shop in Milwaukee. His, his wife was um, really super nice, but she would help out. At one point, she was helping out at Mike Grell's table. And mm -hmm. They were big Grell fans, so she dressed up for this costume thing as Black Widow, the fishnet costume Black Widow. And she was quite... Oh, yeah. The, the it was also... She was quite built. Mm -hmm. So she came... <laughs> I don't know what the deal was. She came by... It was right before the show before the costume contest and she was like really nervous and she was standing with and we're Mike Macklin and we were all standing off to the side watching the contest mm -hmm. and we had gotten shots of, of vodka and stuff from the bar to take in there because the show had been is over for the day right so yeah, we're yeah, just yeah. the world and she comes by and she goes oh I could really use a drink and I handed her the shot mm -hmm. and she went and she went oh my god it's vodka I didn't know it was and but then as she got courage and she you know, went up and did her, you know, cause you had to walk basically almost like a fashion show. Yeah. Yeah. Back and forth in front of the crowd. And then they would, they would base it on how many, how, how loud the applause was. For yeah, each yeah, person. Yeah. So it was quite funny that. I remember, so, I remember the first time I started noticing was when guys were dressing up as Klingons and you'd see them show like homemade outfits. And oh yeah. Yeah. You made outfits. Yeah. You wasn't fancy it was just no like, you would see stuff. i remember seeing that at at san diego con in the 80s um but the, the more elaborate stuff it really was like it was more about a costume contest people it were was more like homemade like oh, fan, yeah, yeah. it wasn't like screen accurate 
That all no, that all changed in the last ten years. Yeah. Yeah, you had to make your own costume. I mean, right, that was, right, the right. Craft was also it was kind of like someone learning to draw. Well, these were people who could make beautiful costumes. Right, you right. Know? Now it's crazy. I mean, the people that come to the show every year, it's like some of the things I see at Terrificon are like, oh my god, they should be working well, you, in Hollywood. If you've gone on like, you can go on Amazon and you can or eBay, you can find oh, any costume, yeah. Bandex, whatever. I mean, it's oh yeah, 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 costumes. Yeah, but, you some people still make ones now too. Like what have the musculature. Yeah. Yeah. But some people designed. still make them like uh, the one girl that I met at um, heroes con last year mm. had the uh, Marvel captain Marvel costume. And uh, she came up to my table and we'd got a picture like, you yeah, know, the, the, new, the new captain the, Marvel, the one from the movies. Yeah. Yeah. The she jacket. had the movie costume yeah. and she made it herself and it was like, wow, that's really cool. Oh, okay. so, you know, not everybody's, you know doing the, the store-bought uh, thing or store-bought yeah i i saw one guy once dressed as modok <laughs> that was great i saw the costume i remember i think it was up in Hartford. that was one of the best i, costumes. I have the modok figure too you know that that's funny this we one both have modoks yeah i oh, have, I have another modok i have a more like elaborate this is more cartoony i have that one i think it's in a box downstairs you had to build the figure or something to build modok because i'm like uh -huh. modok's one of the best freakish looking characters ever i mean i was just saw mike mccone did a modoc he was selling for 500 bucks i go oh if i had the money right now i would buy with it arnim, that's a kirby but arnim zola is also a very weird one yeah arnim, with the tv in his gut and the right little for a head yeah. yeah yeah it's no it's not as crazy as this one look at this <laughs> fighting american with artwork by jerry ordway speaking of uh Speaking of, that, you that was the, fun to do. I was glad to the do variant. That. I found this when I'm doing my my comic book sorting. Like, what would where would you put this? I don't have any other fighting Americans. Yeah, one off. I only got it because you did the cover. Yeah, so I have a miscellaneous box. Yeah, which is, I have a. I actually found a couple of the original fighting Americans when we were doing the going to that comic store in the Bridgeport. Oh, I found a couple. Of, yeah. Wait, you found some there? Yeah. When was the Fighting American in the sixties? Fifties. There were some in those boxes there. Yeah, that place I, was crazy. I tell people about that. I we we'd go in there. I found a copy of uh, the Night Nurse. Yeah, which was like a four issue Marvel book, and I didn't think anything about. It, and I put it back, and then I go home and tell somebody. They go, "You do know those are worth like a hundred dollars each." I go, "What?" Because it was a very low run. Right. Right. It, it wasn't popular. It was just the Night yeah. Nurse, and I didn't realize it was a big deal. And I'm like never found remember we'd go back yeah. and i'd start trying to look where we were yeah. and i'm like i never would find stuff again because well, stuff yeah it was it was just a it was like going through the the government warehouse in indiana Raiders, yeah 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 i mean the first couple times we went there and that place was there years before we went there because i yeah. had somebody ask me they go did you ever go to black cat comics i go where's that they go in bridgeport the guy doesn't have new books it's just old books i go why would you go there and then you and i went in there and there was like 200 long boxes yeah all nothing was in order everything was out yeah. no bad we books. spent hours we spent hours oh. of stuff we would find stuff i mean you got a, a lot of strange tales like yeah. the original run and well i picked up a bunch of marvel stuff from that like i got uh some fantastic fours i got fantastic the four. nick fury and the strange tale stuff i got yep. some iron hands i got uh, I think I got a couple That's of some Mariners. I, I got a lot of, I remember you and I went there with the first time. And then the second time we went back and on the way out or the way in, the guy was walking out with a stack of the Spider-Mans from like the sixties. Yeah. He had them all like issue 50, 54. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. my God, why didn't I get those? 
but yeah, I got a couple of weird. I got some EC comics from that in that same batch. That's where I found. uh, I bought like a couple of weird science with Wally Wood covers, and uh, that's where I got the uh, Fighting America. And I think the Fly, the first, the Kirby Simon and Kirby Fly. That was there. Well, the Archie comics, right? But those were like nineteen fifty. Eight. No, not not the relaunch, not the one that was in the late sixties. No, no, that was the arch. So, I mean, it was, but that, those are that's what at a, con- a comic convention, like we were saying, what do you buy at a show? You buy some the weird. Thing I would do is on the last day of a con. Yeah. Sunday, if I wasn't like Chicago, I wasn't flying home. I would drive home Dang, at whatever time I could go yeah. whenever. So I would go to all the art dealers and I would look and a lot of times there were good deals. So I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think those are the first pieces of artwork that I bought were at, you know, like five o'clock on a Sunday as people were trying to start to close up. up. Yeah. So oh, I mean, no, that's I, one of the best, everyone knows that's one of the best deals. If you're really into collecting comics, you go the last two or three hours of the show on yeah. a Sunday because everyone's hoping to make some more money. They don't want to pack up everything and you can actually. They don't want to have to try. Yeah. They don't want to take it back with them or whatever. Yeah. You can't buy little great books like this. <laughs> I think this is David Kraft. It's just a little, it's bubble gum in there. Yeah. Yeah. So those are mini comics. I have, I have this one in Captain America. I didn't, did you know, they did, you know that they did those in the sixties, right? Not this. They did mini comics. They were like in with bubble, the same size as a piece of, as a stick of bubble gum or the, well, this you know, one's from ball. Naperville, Illinois. It's called bubble funnies, but I got to yeah. say it's got to be the that's it probably 70s, 80s. late 70s is that yeah. late 70s? i got two or well, three they, when i was a kid i did be, probably before i even discovered the comics themselves it was around 67 66 67 the corner store that was next to the uh, grade school yeah those they were like bubblegum card size yeah they were little marvel they were you know done in one color they were black or you know line oh, the marvel trading cards no they were comics they were like not a full comic but they were like little comics with you know how a a, a little pad paper pad would yeah, have yeah, that, yeah, 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 like a poster pad gummed yeah. in and they would have drawings on each page they were really tiny you're not talking about the little marvel ones are you yeah yeah they're yeah. actually reprinting those they're coming out this August because they were on eBay for twenty nine dollars. It's the whole set. It's like a little tiny yeah. library yeah. with they these were, little thumb size. Yeah, comic they were books. little tiny, real tiny. Really? little. Yeah. I remember those. You got those in a gumball machine, or you got those in a no, at the store? They were like in a package, like you would get a gum, like a baseball yeah. set or something. They were like that. Oh, I thought this was like a gumball machine thing because I, I was like, oh, that's so cool. I never saw that before. And I never had any, I mean, it was a t- that's the type of stuff that I didn't save because I didn't really have a way you know to save. You funny? In the, I'm going to say the late 70s, you know, you remember gumball machines, right? Uh, yeah. The quarter in or the dime yeah. and the nickel and you turn it and you get a little toy or gumball. The plastic thing, right? The like plastic acorn. The little plastic bubble thing, yeah. There were these, they used to have little uh, gumbies when I was a kid. Remember Gumby, the little character? Yeah. They used to have little like red and green little ones. But they had these plastic, they look like shot glasses, and they were Marvel characters. And what happened is you'd get the little clear plastic cup, and you'd get this sticker, and you'd peel off the clear decal, and you'd put it on the sticker. And they had Thor, Captain America, Spider-Man, like the main ones. And they were everywhere. I used to have tons of these little cups. Yeah. I look on eBay, those little cups are like $200. I'm like, what are you talking about? Because no one saved them. They all were a quarter. They would right. buy them and the kids yeah. would throw them away because it was, it was junk. 
Yeah, that's yeah. the stuff that's worth a lot because no one saved any of that stuff. You know? Well, they must have made. Uh, I think Marvel also had the tattoos. Yeah, you know the yep, yep. transfer tattoos. Well, that it's funny you mentioned that. I have a comic book. You, yeah. No, they were giving out free samples in the comic book, and it says if you have the Marvel uh, tattoos in the book, it's worth more than if they're ripped out because it's intact. When were they in the books? Uh, it was when the Hobgoblin came out with spider-man and romina oh, yeah. senior junior i have that issue i think it's issue 258 huh. or something like that yeah. so that's got to be when was john jr doing it late 80s yeah but he did it a long time but that no, would have been but his dad the goblin was roger stern so it would have been roger stern's run yeah so that's got to be late 80s right yeah it was well he came on superman in 88 well, Spider-Man's so wearing the black costume in it. It would have been before 88. So it would have been, he, he probably wrote Spider-Man from like maybe 85 to 87. Anyway. But yeah, there was tattoos in the 80s in the back of those books. These little like. Well, they used to, that they were used, to, used to be able to, tattoos were big, just like everything big. When I was a kid, I remember they used, there was like, again, they were like bubblegum card pack sized. Mm-hmm. But you would get like a, they had Archie, Archie Comics tattoos, Betty and Veronica. No. And they were. You know the tattoos they were like decals you basically yeah, yeah, yeah. You just water and then you'd hold them on and you pull right, them and they yeah. would train um but i remember oh, yeah. marble ones too those That's marks awesome. toys you still have those right the ones you painted um the stat- yeah, I, but, I saw them at your house once they were all they, they were ma- mail order yeah no i have them they, they were, were st- mail but, yeah, but were they, from marvel mania were they statues that you painted or were they come did they come painting i painted them I can, they're up pretty high, but See, I had, I had those, but mine were solid colors. They were like solid color red yeah. or solid color green or blue. Yeah. You've got the second run. These were the ones, they were, they were gray. Yeah. I, now I had the same ones, but mine were just solid colors. So this says, well, I don't know. It's Marks. M-A-R-L-X-V-1-1 or whatever. It's like something with set maybe. LXV-1-1. That would be. 67 i think it was yeah. more like 71 but i don't I, I, I but i had the same ones that i would get at kresge's yeah and they were i think they were a dollar each maybe but they were solid colors though i bought the whole set there from marvel mania there's thor they were done first marvel mania was like 70 now you painted 70. those i painted them with model yeah with the model paints basically the oh. Whatever the, you know, like you painted model car with. Yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. I remember the Daredevil was the hard one to find. Oh, I have Daredevil. I have Thor, Hulk, Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man. So Spider Man, Hulk, S- Thor, S- Daredevil. So there's a total of what? Yeah, there were um, six, right? Or yeah, yeah. And I, I remember there were. It was a, a Marvel Mania was like a flat rate, like maybe a couple bucks or something to get them in all set. at once. Yeah. Wow. No, 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 because I, I I tried to find those years later, and I couldn't. If you hear a big crash, it's me trying to reach up. and. We, we got it on video. There goes Jerry Ordway lying there. I've fallen, and I can't get up. I could, use this, I could send this to the insurance company when it's all over. Yeah, there's the Hulk. Yep. I always thought the Hulk was weird because he's shorter than the rest of them. I'm like, what the hell? See, I didn't have purple paint, so yeah, had to stay with the, the molded gray. plastic. It actually held up pretty good for something that's 50 years old. How old is it? <laughs> 50. They were kind of cool, though. I, I, I remember thinking, because 
I think the, uh, the they never did any Daredevil or Iron Man or, or no. The Aurora did the Hulk, and they did Spider Man, and did Captain, Captain America. Yeah, but it was kind of cool that these are all like the same. Like the the sculpts are really good. The Daredevil no, one's no, no, good no, no, too. Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't re-released those, but you can find those on eBay a lot. Well, they did. Um, they the ones you were talking about where they were in solid different colors. Yeah, that's the ones I, I think. Had. Weren't those done by um, uh, the place in New Jersey, Superhero something? Oh, back Super in the. World? Was that in the 80s, Superhero World? Yeah, the Snyder guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're the ones that Marvel uh, teamed up with. In the so the molds 90s. existed, you know. Yeah. Did I show off? I sh- yeah, show yeah. Off. That's your weird thimble, a.k.a. Bruce Willis. Whenever you see new drawings, they're going to look like that. That's just- Everybody's got one expression. <laughs> and then, of course... All I have is my. So how many, how many hours? Band. Oh, that's cool. How many hours have we done so far? About thirty-six now, Jer. <laughs> it's like a telethon. Yeah, and unlike my other podcast or my other video show, I will eat this cereal if people haven't seen it before. <laughs> it's still. I cereal. wonder what happened to my bank. I did. I did open the box and eat it because I didn't want it to get moldy. But I, I don't get moldy the too. Bank. It's still good. I wonder where I put the bank. I must have it somewhere. It says best open by, it's, it looks like it says, yeah, it's like 12, 20, 97. What? It says 97, so this stuff was good for 10 years. <laughs> it was There's made no, by the Ralston Purina, Purina. Remember the people? I know that's Ralston? always good, too. It's very, it, it was, they gave you the little better stuff than the dogs got. <laughs> What's better, it says no tropical oils, as if you want to eat suntan lotion. <laughs> Well, they mean coconut, coconut oil back then. Back then. There's all, they don't have weird stuff like Spider-Man bobbleheads. (laughs) Where's your Mitch Halleck bobblehead? Oh, that's over here. That scares me, actually. That's my, uh, I don't know where it is. This is, look at this. This is a Jeremy Renner. Look at that face. Hawkeye. (laughs) So there's that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's just like you, Jer. Looks just like you. It's the oh, uh, it's the conven- part of the show when it goes off. This the is rails when we start convention, Jerry. <laughs> it's convention, Jerry. <laughs> you look, yeah. Let's see. I don't know. I have a lot of weird Spider-Man stuff. So, what is the Mickey Mouse thing again? That's uh, Mickey Mouse is Indiana Jones. Oh, there's three of them. There's him. There's that. And there's a little one. There's piles of Star Wars toys. So, do you think your your family is waiting for you to die? die so that they can put this on ebay ebay i don't think it's going to make it past the 1-800 got junk people this looks this is me if i was here if i was indiana jones <laughs> is it supposed to be you no it's supposed to be indiana jones they did a whole line of them but i'm always like they have mickey mouse ears because they they originally made like a line of mickey mouse things and then they're like yeah. oh we can make that for movies oh oh i don't know why they did it because it's creeping me out there's karen allen Oh, that's, yeah, that's really creepy. Looks, looks like, yeah. <laughs> and speaking of Modoc, oh, yeah, this will look just like him. <laughs> what they are, t- they, they painted the legs on him and they didn't want to put the hands, so they made him, you know, translucent, so it doesn't look like he has hands, but he Who does. Did Disney, did Disney, they have a whole line of uh, Marvel ones. That is so funny. Isn't it? Like we're not going to re-sculpt them. We just got all the we got this mold, and we're going to make them whatever. 
Now, <laughs> that's my soul out, that's for sure. <laughs> they even made, they made them all. They made Captain America. So you see what I've been listening to? There's Rocket Raccoon. See, that oh, one right. doesn't look so bad. Yeah, well, I, I've been, I was uh, listening to my Superman soundtrack last night. They also made the Jerry Ordway one. This is the... Uh-oh. This is the Nazi. Uh, yeah, it looks like, I hate to say it. That looks like Dan DiDio. It does look like Dan DiDio, but the funnier thing is that's the Nazi that gets cut up in Raiders. You know, so look what they made his ears. His ears are the propellers that <laughs> are about to chop him up, which I think is totally weird. That's pretty funny. What's what's the problem? Ooh. It looks like Dan DiDio. It really does. Hey kids, I'm Dan DiDio. No, he looks like Mario. (laughs) They're all there. I have a bunch of those things. But that's it. So what are we clocking in at, Mitch? We're over over an hour, so we're going to wrap up. I know, I know. When I start... You're wearing a whiz hat. Your wizard shirt. I have my wizard shirt on. And I have my uh, Mickey Mouse Darth Vader ears. I'm like the little things now. I hate to say it, but it's like a Gestapo Mickey Mouse helmet. What is that? <laughs> right? It looks like a Nazi helmet. It doesn't It doesn't quite look Darth Vader to me. It looks like... <laughs> As the time of the show when Mitch starts doing Hitler impressions, it's time to go. But yes, yes, I'm going to go back to cleaning my comics tonight and organizing them. So I have stuff to do. And you probably have drawings, to, drawings to do. I do. You do. Oh, wait, what's in Mitchie's stack of comics? We should just get a long box one episode and pull out whatever. Look at this. This is Avengers versus the Justice League. Look at that cover. Look at that. That's That's a George Perez. There's 10,000 superheroes on that cover. How much do those go for? Actually, the only one that goes for a lot is the fourth issue which is Superman holding Thor's hammer and Captain America's shield. That one's like 30, 40 bucks. Really? But the whole series is not, not as big. Because they've not, they only did a, they did a trade, but they've not reprinted it in 20 years. No, that's not been reprinted. This one's worth a lot now. This is the first appearance of Gambit. Oh, huh. Yeah. I got to start taking better care of these things. Here's a book that was in the dollar bins forever. And now that's going up. Speaking of Bill Sienkiewicz, Moon Knight number one. Oh, because Marvel doing a Marvel TV show. Yeah. It's funny how those things just go up. I've always felt like, I mean, again, I know that there, I I remember liking Moon Knight when Sienkiewicz. Yeah. Those, but then I always felt like it was so obviously a Batman ripoff that I'm always surprised that it had such a fan following. And this is what drives people nuts because I don't put anything in order. Like this is just randomly here. Like the Green Lantern and meets the Flash. What issue is that? That is issue number 20. So why is that sitting in your... I don't know. It's just the way it is. Like, I put my books together the other day. I put Daredevil with uh, Moon Knight in one box. And somebody said, that's not alphabetical. I said, yes, but they're both uh, non-powered street-level crime fighters. So that makes sense in my brain. Like, here's Sergeant Fury number seven. We don't know why. And I'm so cheap, I double-bagged it with... Captain so- Savage and his Raiders because I was cheap as a kid. Captain Savage was terrible, wasn't it? Yeah. Did it you was, like it? I think it was a dollar. I think that that one that was a good one. I bought the Spider-Man, oh, the Werewolf. You know. That's funny. And this is the best one. That's the last one I'm going to show tonight. Is 
there's Harley the Wonder Dog. Oh. It's <laughs> the Bat Hound and the Batman. <laughs> That's when Batman used to fight goofy shit. We don't I like, I like the guy with the, uh, the, the safari guy. It looks like uh, uh, Curious George's friend, the man with the yellow hat. <laughs> That's what happened to him. He became a big game hunter and got killed by a bat hound. I got to love that. Is that an alien or is that supposed to be a giant ant? No, that's an alien. Oh. They don't talk about that one much. In like the, a giant ant eater. It looks like those fat things from um, Star Wars, <laughs> the guys, the Gamorrean guards with a bug head. It's a little bit of a... It's Batman and the creature. That's it, the creature. Uh, I was at the store today. I tried to find an Arrow Season 8 to buy because you're on that. If people want to yes. watch Jerry talk about the crisis, that's on the new DVD that's out there. But I actually just got it. In I the, couldn't find I it. It was on about two weeks. Whenever the news first came that, oh, that I'm on their drawing, I ordered it. So it's taken like a week or two. Did week it show up? I just got it today. Oh, because yeah. I went to Walmart because they had all new releases, and they did not have that there, though. So, Harley so Quinn came out on uh, DVD today. Oh. That's the last movie I saw in the theaters, I think, before all this quarantine started. Yeah, we were going to – remember I was trying to convince you to go see Bloodshot. Yeah, we were supposed last, to see – that was the Thursday before. The last weekend that movies were open, wasn't it? Yeah. Man, Bloodshot's out on DVD now. And I remember we were like, uh... You, that was the last movie? No, because I was supposed to review it for the radio because they called me up and they said, did yeah. you see it? And I said, I don't think I can go see it. And then it was that was it. Well, I think I, ta I taunted you. I said, are we going to go see it? And yeah. then it was... The news started kind of hitting a little bit more like, uh-oh, maybe we shouldn't. No. So you think movies are going to be back? Yeah. I just think it's going to take some time. I think everything's going to come back eventually. It's just going to take some while. Like haircuts come back on wednesday but you got to call for an appointment and stuff so because i'm turning into i don't know what it's not that bad today i'm starting to get that like sometimes it gets a big I mop of hair. hair i get the big I, mop of hair yeah. and i look like uh marlon brando from superman the movie <laughs> i just i was when it started getting down here i just cut it my aunt used to be a beautician so i got all her barber scissors and stuff so i just carefully avoided cutting my ear but I was able to trim. Yeah, my son. Many things. <laughs> Little Kalel. Little Kalel. Little Kalel. You know that was all written on the stuff. He was just reading. Yeah, he, he, he didn't even bother learning his line. He just showed up on the stuff. When you leave Krypton, that drives me nuts. He doesn't know how to say Krypton. the name of the planet Krypton. But it was it's still a it's still actually a memorable performance. It is, but it's Krypton. No, it's not. I'm it's just Krypton. saying I, I thought he he still, you know, it, it still had some I like Glenn Ford. I always like Glenn Ford. Oh, that. Glenn Ford. And there's Glenn Ford has still got that one line where he's walking with Clark and he says, Yeah, you have these amazing powers and you can do this and and maybe you got him for, and then he does that like moment where you think, oh, he forgot his line. And he just shakes his head and he goes, I don't know what. And it was, yeah. I always loved that moment because it just, it's, it felt very real. Yeah, that always scared me when he died like that. Ooh. Yeah. Scared me. That's how, that's how we'll go. We'll be walking with our kid and then the kid will say, come on, dad. No, they'll, Run. Find, me, they'll find me. Last week I had one of those runner's lights on my head. <laughs> and I was buried in the comics in the back, trying to get stuff crawling on my stomach. And I had the miners hat, and Sharon, and a box will fall on me, and I'll be buried alive. And they'll find me buried under this copy of Captain Mar uh, Marvel. 
if only that box, if only that battery had had more power in it, we would have found them. Because we looked and we didn't see a light. <laughs> Look, speaking of bloodshot, why go to the movie, Jer, when you could read the uh, Valiant issue number one right there? I know, but they had it was a Barry Smith cover. Barry Windsor Smith, and it's reflective. Yeah. And there's number two. Look at that. One and two, because I'm so cheap. You know it's good because it's reflective. So I'm wearing, you're wearing your wizard shirt. I'm wearing my, uh, I saw that. I found that. You know, which I found the other day. I was going to show you, I have a cover. I don't think you did it. Thank you, Mr. Print. (laughs) It's a book that it says, ready? You tell me what the issue is. It's picture Superman, the cover. It says in this issue, uh, the names on the cover are Simonson, Ordway, Bogdanov, Janky, Breeding, Jurgens, all on one cover. Man of Steel number one yep yep i said i should have got that signed by all of you guys because i had everybody at the show so far except dennis janky but everybody else has been at the show and here's another useless piece of junk <laughs> That's thanos if he was a suppository <laughs> so tell that to, to jim starlin the infinite repository this a plug you up do you remember beans those toys yeah. the kids yeah. had them or yeah, like beans is that what kind of like that I don't know what the hell these are. These came out like two years ago and they had all the different Marvel superheroes and that just looked odd. Well, he looks, he looks like he's in pain from having been extruded in that it shape. Looks like a hamster. <laughs> I don't know why I have that. But anyway. So yeah, we're done. This is why the shows go three hours. That's why they call them a train wreck. All right. I'm going like to wrap this up. Show and tell. <laughs> if you listen to the audio of this and you didn't see anything, go online to youtube.com and Google uh, the Power Cosmic Podcast, and you'll see me and Jerry and Jerry's pictures of all these people and all these things that we're playing with. But that's it. Do you have anything else, Jer? Nope. I I Although I'm, hope, I'm hopeful that the comic stores by us next week. Oh. Yeah, so I can stop giving away free comics and I can buy new ones. <laughs> no, it'll be good to, to get a fix of new stuff and all of our back orders. And we'll all be like, wearing our mask like this. Ooh. That's fine. I, I'm gonna be. I think we'll be wearing a mask for like a year or more. So, get used to it. Some of the people I know it would be nothing but an improvement. <laughs> just think so about all the dating. Just think about all no, the you dating. Your, really you should cool. do a your your a picture of your face from whatever the mask would cover printed on the mask. Don't you think? Then it would be a complete Mitch face. Yeah. You could get one with a smile, one with a frown. Yeah, this that. Yeah, if you're in a bad mood, you put the you bad mood. On. Bad mood one, like <laughs> the, the, the the Betty uh, the Betty what's her name Betty Page. <laughs> just walk around like that. Yeah. Maybe but you yeah. don't want. Maybe you don't want. That. Right. The, the we call that one the blow up doll. The surprised love doll look. <laughs> we don't want that look. What the hell? <laughs> Gave it to Aunt Edna. She's 92. (laughs) That's it. We're scraping bottom now. All right. I'm going to stop the recording. Thank you, Zoom, for allowing us to waste the airtime. They're really nice. Thank you. I know. And I haven't paid for this. Wait till I get a bill for $3,000. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Thanks, Zoom. You're a heavy Zoom user. (laughs) Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. All right. That's that.